We'll pop on your best G-string and hope the crowd's in a tipping mood because it's Ladies' Night at the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 62, for the week of Wednesday, the 1st of March, 2013. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Ben. And Justin. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the Marvel Select Rhino action figure, and our discussion topic is the best and worst of female action figures. Are here, gentlemen, and how are we this evening? Excellent. Good, thank you. Fantastic. Justin, we haven't heard from you for a little while. How are you going? Uh, not too bad. I was discussing with Ben just before uh, my wife's gone to Bali this week. Ooh. So I've been um, manning the fort, so to speak. And I was just saying before how uh, you miss that person to run ideas off and as your little backup with everything, every yeah. decision comes down to you, so... It's been, it's been a week. Damn you, responsibility. Yeah. It's, it's I didn't sign up for any of this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. What about you, Ben? Uh, I think Justin cursed me because the last time he was on, he was talking about his rat war. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. And no sooner did he, he finish waging that war that the um, – the battle continued at my place, and uh, for the first time in my entire life, I actually saw a rat at my house. So I've been going to war with this thing. And like Justin's, this thing, like, eats rat bait and just laughs. Uh, <laughs> so, But other than that, it's been a pretty good week. Picked up the new Rob Zombie album. Awesome. Wonderful. So what about you? Yeah, good. I'm um, starting to get the display in the new house um, underway. The deal with moving house is everything else has got to be sorted before I'm allowed to um, open any toys. Um, (laughs) So as far as a marriage, just a series of being told what to do. (laughs) It gets like when you really sit down and think about it, you go, Oh, excuse me, D, can I have a drink? (laughs) Can I walk down the hallway? Is it okay? (laughs) So, but no, I mean, look, I've, I've, one of the cool things about our new house is that I've got, I've been allowed a couple of different places to set up displays as opposed to just the one room. Um, I know. So that's exciting. So, I've uh, had a little bit of difficulty just spacing out some cabinets and things, but now I've, we're ready to go. So tomorrow I'm going to start the unpacking. So it's exciting, <laughs> exciting, exciting. And I've been allowed to buy a couple of new cabinets as well. So, um, yeah, good. But I'm actually trying to put a little bit less around to give things a bit more space so you can see them properly. And then once I work out what um you know what doesn't fit then it might be time for another another sale i think to just streamline again it's been a couple of years of streamlining of the collection 
It's a bit of a downside to, to displaying when you are limited in space because you want to display as many items as you can rather than have them packed away in storage. But yeah. at the same time, you don't want them so jammed in and together that you can't really appreciate them. That's right, yeah. And I've got kind of different spaces, which is a couple of things. I think, well, you know what, that might not fit. And if, you know, this, it's not the end of the world. So, um, but it's exciting, it's fun, and it's a, an opportunity to kind of rethink, which is always cool. And I'm just very thankful for a, a truly understanding partner <laughs> who loves me unconditionally. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we've got a, a fair bit to do in this episode, so I think without further ado, we will get started with some articulated news. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! I'm Bill S. Preston Esquire! And I'm Ted Theodore Logan in concert! And I make them play! Speaker connects to figures and most cassette players to make figures play music! Now on drums, that bodacious barbarian Genghis Khan! Yeah, our new pal from old China! Excellent! Let's rock and roll! Squeezing their legs gets them jamming! Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! Party on, dudes! Well, as always, before we get to our main features, we start with a little bit of news. Um, in Articulated News, we never try and cover everything that's out there. It's just really point of interest for us, things that we're interested in. Uh, might be some of the latest events or announcements out there. And Ben, you're going to be starting off this week, so over to you. Thank you very much. Um, announcement this week that the DC Nation cartoon block is um, going to be showing the new Teen Titans Go uh, TV series, which seems to be uh, a bit of a different take on our, our animated friends from DC. This one looks to be quite a, a child-friendly, uh, overly cartoonish type series. But the folks at Jazzwares um, have announced that they will be bringing out a, a number of uh, lines based on this new property and showing that they're well and truly in tune with the market and have their finger on the pulse. They're bringing figures out in two-inch, five-inch, and eight-inch scale. <laughs> Excellent. So when this was uh, in the last version of Teen Titans Go, who I think that it was Bandai that did the figures, wasn't it? Yeah. So Yeah, and they're a little bit more realistic too. They weren't quite as cartoony as these ones appear to be. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do. I mean, I... Yeah, I have my um, concerns about Jazzwares. I'm going to be talking about them in a few weeks' time. But um, anyway, we'll see what they can produce. Okay. <laughs> and in other incredibly exciting news, the, um, the 1966 Batman license seems to be cruising along nicely. We're getting quite a few releases um, and, and pretty much on a regular basis. I think every, every week we're reporting on something new that's um, coming out thanks to this license being um, resolved. Uh, and this week we actually saw the first Catwoman figure from um, the new line from Mattel. We're getting the Julie Newmar Catwoman hmm. figure. And um, well, she doesn't look too bad. I think this is a, a well and truly a prototype figure. It doesn't seem to be any kind of um, joints uh, in this one. She's quite the uh, statue at this point. Um, so I think you can sort of add in Mattel's usual kind of uh, articulation, etc. Um, but yeah, she doesn't look too bad at all. Her face is what you'd sort of expect at this um, price point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This isn't. I I really am. Jury's out for me on this line. I'm not really grabbed by a lot of these 
choice. I, you know, I think this is uh, it's a bit strange looking. The head sculpt. I just think people are expecting too much of a likeness to the actors for this particular type of series from this particular retailer. Uh, I, I never expected to see Mattel sculpt sort of McFarlane-style mm. um, faces because, I mean, if, if you they were too realistic along the same way that, you know, a McFarlane attention to detail or, or like a more action collectibles with the Buffy line, et cetera, um, I think it would look quite odd with the articulation. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you're right. Because they're using the non extra muscly sort of bodies, it's sort of I don't know, sort of stakes it in the real world. That that face sculpt's not too bad actually. For what I think the eyebrows are the um, the winner there. <laughs> <laughs> they're exactly, yes. they're spot on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's got quite the uh, mascara going as well. She sure does. Yes, so. Yeah, I just don't know. I I hope that somebody like you know Neko or um, McFarlane. Well, no, not them. Um, <laughs> the, you know, someone like Nicker gives us a really beautifully detailed set of these, and I'll just stay away from the Mattel ones because that just—it's not grabbing me. Yeah, well, I'm staying away from pretty much um, you know all the, the the 66 Batman stuff. There hasn't been anything uh, announced so far that has really made me sort of sit up and say, yes, I'm going to start collecting that line. There's one item in particular, but we'll talk about that later in the show. Mm. Yes. And in our next piece of news, I'm just so excited. I'm just beside myself with, with <laughs> like, just enthusiasm at the idea of there being more Hot Toys Iron Man figures. Like, this is just fantastic. <laughs> Every morning I get up and go, gosh, I hope, in, you know, Hot Toys have announced another Iron Man figure on their Facebook page because that would be just, like, the best. Oh, so yeah. it's you. It's me. I, I'm it's the one you. that sends them those messages every day going, more, more, more. <laughs> Please, sir, can I have some more? Oh, so I go. just... Um, uh, all, of this, I, all of this, I haven't seen the, the film yet, um, but all of the toy overload is actually making me less excited about the film. It's actually making me less excited about Hot Toys because, no, I'm serious. There's Hot Toys are in a position where they, they effectively own the market uh, in one six scale figures. I mean, they, they're, they're finished items, particularly in the, you know, the sculpting of facial features, the paint applications are, are just out of this world and, and that's regularly acknowledged, but they're, their marketing leaves something to be desired. The, yeah. the 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 next to no interaction with fans, except for like one guy who who works their Facebook page, is really just quite poor. Like their website is permanently under construction. Um, you know, it's it's been so long since we had any kind of announcement on on the Star Wars license after such a build up to yeah. to just not get anything. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, th- these new Latest announcements. Um, one thing that I'm confused about is we have the Heartbreaker armor, which is in the Diecast series. We have the Red Snapper that is from the Power Pose series, and then we have the Igor armor that is from the Movie Master Movie Masterpiece series. Well, so 
What, what's the difference? I mean, I know the one's diecast, but what's the power of Pose series? I don't uh, know. Who knows? Yeah. I've, I've actually lost complete interest in like, uh, any kind of... Who can afford all these anyway? Well, that's the other thing too, is you, you have to wonder. I mean, there was probably fans out there picking up one or two variations. They were probably picking up the Ironmonger... Um, and, you know, when they, they were clever enough to bring out the Avengers, so that gave people a little bit more variety. But I don't know. I, I'd be curious just how many collectors out there are actually picking up every Iron Man figure. Uh, who out there is is desiring these figures enough to build um, a Hall of Armour uh, in Hot Toys Iron Man? Mm. Well, so, obviously there is a, a market. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's that... It's that old thing about, um, you know, yes, there there have actually been that number of album sales for that particular of artists, but it doesn't mean people are buying the album. It just means that stores could have stacks and stacks of them. So, you know, I'm curious about are, are we going to see a point where some of these Iron Man figures are hitting the secondary market? Um, you know, people are, are just dumping them on eBay because they've ordered, you know, a dozen of them and they can't move them. Yes, it does seem possible. That, I mean, there has to be a saturation point, surely. Mm. Surely. That's right. But anyway, look, if you're a, a Hot Toys Iron Man fanatic, uh, let us know if you're actually picking them all up or whether you're going to be selective and be quite curious to know. Okay. And one last bit of news from you, I think. Yeah, our, um, our, our trusty mini-mates continue to chug along nicely. They've announced the first sort of um, figures based on the Marvel Now. Um, that's Marvel Comics sort of relaunch, retitling of a few titles and changing a few costumes to be ugly, etc. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they've, they've actually come up with a couple of clever ones. Uh, for example... Um, Superior Spider-Man and Nova, which is the, the new Nova. That's the yep. kid, Sam Alexander. Yep. Um, you're getting um, Shana, the She-Devil, and uh, a Reaper, Nick Fury Jr., who apparently comes with um, a swap-out head, so you can actually make him Commander Rogers if you want to. Oh, um, and swap out hands, I would assume. Oh, I assume so, unless okay. he's pretending to wear gloves or something. <laughs> um, and brown, brown uh, gloves. Yeah, that's right. And then Maria Hill with a, uh, a heavy shield agent, whatever a heavy shield agent is, but, yeah, you can get one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is um, 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 Toys R Us will dedicate their 16 series of Minimates to Marvel now, which means you will get an Iron Man and a Hulk. Um, I'm just trying to remember what was exciting about that Hulk. Um, don't know, other than he looks really pissed off, but... But anyway, that uh, Iron Man is actually the new. Uh, it's not the chocolate eclair one or the caramel eclair one. It's actually the um, that new sort of black and black gold. and gold, black and caramel armor. Um, Man. that um, seems to be getting around in the new series. Um, and I think the, what was the last one? There was a, a Phoenix Five, Emma Frost, and Colossus. Um, which I think is actually, that's actually not a bad effort of Diamond Select doing that because they're the sorts of um, figures that I would most definitely be skipping if I collected Minimates. I'm not a big fan of those sort of variants. So to actually put them together makes it an easy pass for fans. Yeah. And they're yeah. not sort of getting stuck with one figure they don't want in order to get, you know, the figure that they do want. Yes. So, yeah, good on them. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, I, I like the um, I like the other set 
better definitely with Shanna and um, Nick Fury. You know, that's a that's a yeah. good one. That's a good one. Hmm. Great. Well, thank you very much for that. And Justin, what about some news from you? Okay, so we're ramping up to the Men of Steel uh, saturation <laughs> of the marketplace yeah. as well. <laughs> we were doing Toys R Us the other day for such a serious trailer to see those funny little figures. Uh, it's quite it's quite funny, isn't it, those yeah. extended arms and the rest of it. <laughs> but anyway, I'm about to talk about a uh, release for a, what is it, a six, one six scale inch uh, Men of Steel uh, Kodopaku, I'll say art FX statue. <laughs> um, now about this, the the sculpt is spot on. Um, it's been referred to in our show notes as the power poop pose. So he's uh, clenched and ready to take off. Uh, yeah, he's, cl- one of the, he's clenched. Yeah. He is clenched. Those buns are to die for. Um, so. <laughs> But a few out of proportion things from just these pictures. The bicep look hu- looks huge compared to the shoulder as well. It really seems to puff out. But um, I mean, that's minor things if you're into this uh, Men of Steel statue. Uh, posable cape. So one of the features now is has a uh, posable cape. It's the first time that uh, this release on this size they've included a posable cape. Um, the head sculpt is spot on. You can't complain about that. But it's just the, I guess the actual stance yeah. leaves a lot to be desired. N- not to linger on the rear shot there, but if you, <laughs> if you do, I think you can see some of the anatomical issues just on that left leg. You know, yeah. it's just not quite um, mm, like an awkward teenager. Well, <laughs> yeah, it just no, it doesn't quite work. I'm still stuck on the weird. Um, Weird super jock strap thing that he's wearing. It's just yeah, it's wrong. But this actually looks like it's based on that. That was the the very first promo shot we got of um yeah with the darkened background. The sort yeah. of first shot we got. Yes. So it looks like it's it's actually based on that. Mm. Yeah, I, I can live without this one. Yeah. yeah, it's impressive. I mean, it's a big statue. Mm. I mean, if one six, I think it stands ten and a half inches tall, uh, yes. and he's he's crouched over. So it's um, it's it's almost kind of like the equivalent of their premium format. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. I mean, you can't fault the sculpting and the detail in the in this new suit too. I mean, it's, no, it's yeah, awkward, yeah, you're right. The awkward stance and the awkward leg and a few other things, bicep and shoulder, look out of proportion, but. I suppose if you are digging his power poop pyjama look, then um, <laughs> this is the statue for you. Let's go for it. <laughs> Very funny. Okay. Something else, Justin. Yes, continuing on to the Men of Steel saturation, we have the Movie Masters <laughs> Series 2 figures. Uh, pictures were released this week. There's another Men of Steel with some sort of, um, what would you call that, chain and key arrangement it's been described as. Um, for this one, I don't know about uh, movie masters. It seemed to, like it's fifty fifty if you compare it to the when the Batman stuff came out mm. as well. I mean, it looks okay. <laughs> what think, is up with that hair? He looks like yeah, someone had a welcome back Cotter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How <are> you doing? <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, we also got Armored General Zod, which actually is not a bad figure. It looks like something out of Prometheus, but um, it does, it's it? actually yeah, it does. It's quite a good figure. And we also get, oh, so this is the pronunciation part, <laughs> Feora, I was going to say. Feora. But uh, appears to be um, an underling of General Zod, comparing it to Superman 2, what we have to go on at the moment. But once again, sort of like a generic face sculpt. It's not really. Man, she is fugly. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's not, that it's not a nice figure. That is, that is not attractive <clears throat> at all. No. Yeah. No. I think the best part is Armored Zod with the actual helmet on. I'd be more afraid of her than him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she looks a bit like your manly maiden auntie, doesn't she? Mm. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> Mine? <laughs> no, well, ones. <laughs> Currently yeah, so that's our arm wrestling good. champion. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what Theora stands for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited for the movie, but uh, Yo, this, yeah. this yeah. will probably give it a bit of a miss, personally. Mm. Yeah, it's not some... I mean, I don't know, like you said, Movie Masters is always a bit of a mixed bag, but I would tend to expect more from Movie Masters than this. Yeah, me too. It's sort of uh, almost like a G.I. Joe scale that's been upsized sort of thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's just not quite there. No. Speaking of things that are not quite right there, moving on to the Masters <laughs> of the Universe classics, Fighting Foemen. We saw the pictures in the video release this week. So for anyone who doesn't know, these were based on the monogram model kits that were released in the 80s. These are the actual pilots and, um, well, pilots, I guess, of the actual Roton, Attack Track, and Talon Fighter that we only see behind the sort of shield and the cockpit of these vehicles. And so what they've done is incorporated aspects of the actual vehicles into the costume design as well. Um, now, these are the three that there was huge con- conjecture of uh, when the sub was being signed up from memory um, last year, saying, you know, how can you expect us to pay for this, blah, 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 as it goes on year by year. Um, <laughs> having seen them, yeah, they well, <laughs> yeah. wow. Um, they have swapped out emblems so you can change those emblems to actual horde designs and make them um, horde counterparts to uh to bolster up the ranks but i really don't have much to say about these three i mean i'll I'll get them and store them at the back right along the star sisters whatever they were called but um yeah here they are in their in their beautiful colorful glory and uh yeah so these are part of the main main sub are they they are they are you can't can't get out of this purchase dude Mm. yeah this is definitely the end for me for um, Club Eternia, like yeah, I think it's a hard month. I think there's another. No, I mean, release. like I, you know, 2013. I'm done. That's. Mm. Well, you got Ram Man. So I got Ram Man. That's right. Like, there's nothing else I need, and um, now I'm just like, boy, oh boy, how, how, good grief. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. No more. No more. Understandable. Understandable. Um, on to something a little bit more appealing. Bowen Designs had quite a number of new items for order this week. Um, a couple that we knew were coming and then a couple that are a bit of a surprise. So on the new, new they were coming um, front, we have a rogue modern statue. Yay! Yay, which Ben I'm sure is happy about. Yay. Um, bit of conjecture about this uh, piece simply because she's in a flying pose and, of course, um, she hasn't actually had flight as a power for quite some time. So, yeah, but she has the ability to acquire it. So. She does. She does, yeah. <laughs> I, I can understand why people are annoyed that a lot of people said I, I'd buy this if it had been a museum pose because the last few rogues have all um, been flying poses, so people were obviously after something they could easily sort of fit in with the rest of their X-Men. Mm. It is a – I think it's beautiful. Like it, um, it's, it's a beautiful piece, uh, but – we actually have never had just a standard museum 
Rogue, all of the you know, the Jim Lee version, the Neil Adams version that just came out from Bowen, and now this are all action slash flying poses. So if you're looking for a bit of variety, you know, what it might have been an idea. Um, but, you know, having said that, this is a, it's a beautiful, beautiful statue. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Smith, digital sculpt, and I think he's right up there in terms of people that do the Bowen women very nicely. Um, the pick of the bunch for me is the Hobgoblin. Shut statue. up and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Kacharik brothers who, you know, they're the, the, the cream of the crop as far as this stuff goes. And um, that is just a beautiful, beautiful statue. Um, I, I'm, collect- I'm getting a Bowen statue of Spidey and Rogues, and this is going to look very, very nice on it. Yep. Beauty, beauty. Um, then we also had a, a Ms. Marvel 70s statue. This is another Jason Smith digital sculpt. Um, I, I've got the flying action version of this, so this will be a pass for me, but it's beautiful once again and uh, a nice addition to the collection if you don't have it already. Yeah, bring back the 70s, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, Johnny Storm Human Torch. Um the old human torch from Bowen is a flying statue. So this is a museum standing one that is on the same base as the Johnny from the three pack where he's in his flame off mode that just came out recently. So it's interchangeable, which is nice. Um, I have the original Mr. Fantastic and invisible girl, statues and then the newer thing that came out and um yeah i I would really love that flying human torch but it's so expensive on ebay that i might have to go for this one instead Hmm. Mm. so we shall see um but that's the bowen news something a bit different play arts kai i think mentioned a while ago that they were going to do some DC variant figures, and now they've released new images of versions of Batman, Green Lantern, and Wonder Woman that um, are going to be coming out. Uh, the Wonder Woman, I think, is quite pretty, anime stylish, and and play arts kai e stuff. The Green Lantern's rather unusual. Mm. They're extremely well executed. I mean, if this is your sort of thing, I think you should be really pleased. Uh, I mean, if you're a traditionalist, then it's it's definitely not for you. Yeah. I like the idea of them, but I, I wouldn't collect them. No. No. But, I, I mean, I can see them doing well because this is a, a style that a lot of people like, and if you're into that more anime manga sort of stylings, then and, and particularly then if you also happen to like one of these characters, well, then sold. Very very fun, and it's great to see them really digging, uh, I guess getting their teeth into the DC license as well. Um, it'd be great to see just some good old comic-based pieces yeah. instead of just video games and weird stuff, but there you go. Definitely. Any idea what these sell for? Well, I mean, the ones I in Australia, they're nearly $100 usually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they're about eight inches, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. the the play The play at Sky Arkham Asylum Arkham City stuff is usually, you know, between. I, I don't know what it goes for US wise, but 
around these parts, usually between 90 and 100. Mm. Yeah. And then finally for me, we have the first series. Well, it says first series of Marvel Universe 2013. Um, some people are probably still hunting some of the 2012 stuff, particularly that Puck and Nova wave. Um, but next on the cards is a wave that includes new figures um, being Electra and Mysterio, which are brand new characters to the line. Then uh, Rhino, who has not appeared in Marvel Universe, he has appeared in the Spider-Man three and three quarter line, but this is a revamped version of that, which looks pretty good. And then, oh, thank God, Captain America, finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, this looks like a, a classic cap, so there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Classic cap, eh? <laughs> Classic cap. I mean, what does he look like again? Does he have camo pants? Is that the right one? Yeah, that's that one for sure. The, <laughs> oh, cl- yeah. the classic one. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, you know, that's fun. Mysterio and Electra, obviously the the winners here, and I, I really am loving the look of that Mysterio, particularly the fact that they have gone to the trouble to make you know. There's obviously something under uh, some sort of head underneath the dome so that you mm. get that that sense of a face there that is just great fun because it would have been so easy just to you know save money by ditching the head and just sticking a ping pong ball on the top yeah, yeah. um so good on them for that sweet all right well that wraps up articulated news we will be right back with our good friend john and the next installment of the afb podcast game name that Welcome to another challenging, exciting episode of Name That. When last we were here, you heard this sound. Now, if you know me, you could probably guess this one fairly easy. This is Rex from Toy Story, one of the first Rex figures made. So if you guessed that, good for you. If you guessed it and didn't leave a note at the forum, bad for you. You should come and earn points. Anyway, moving on to this week's sound, it sounds like this. When crime strikes, nothing can stop. Criminals, give up. Surprise. Meet your match. And in case you weren't tuned in at home, we'll listen to it one more time here. When crime strikes, nothing can stop. Criminals, give up. Surprise. Meet your match. As always, come on over to the forum and make a guess and drop by and visit tvandfilmtoys.com. I'll have cool stuff up for you, and you can play the picture version of Name That. Until next time, this is Engineer Nerd saying, peace out. Ah, Traveler, welcome to the promenade. Humble Quark at your service. Behold, Star Trek Deep Space Nine action figures. Commander Benjamin Sisko, he helps me run the station. And Security Chief Odo, very strict and sneaky for someone so honest. Here's Lieutenant Dax, Chief O'Brien, and Major Kira Nerys. I happen to know she's crazy about me. Wonderful, aren't they? Especially this one. So handsome. Pains me to part with it, but if you pay me now... Ah, Security, what a pleasant surprise. 
Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about favourite or bizarre items from our collection. And this week, Scott has Toy of the Week. So, over to you. Why, thank you, Ben. Now, a couple of weeks ago on the show in... our acquisitions section, you mentioned that you had received the Marvel Select Rhino. I did. I mentioned that mine was on the way, and you said that when I got it that we should make him the Toy of the Week, and I did, and so we did. <laughs> that's right. Yes, because I always do what you tell me to. That's that's correct. Yes. Um, so the Toy of the Week is the Marvel Select Rhino. Um now, I'll just run through our little checklist, starting with packaging. Um, well, sorry, starting obviously with the year of release and acquisition is 2013. Um, packaging, well, I'm on record as bitching and moaning about the Marvel Select packaging yep. um, being huge and not collector-friendly and hard to open and I hate twist ties and rah rah um, I don't mind the size of the package as much for a figure like this because he is huge. Um, but I still mind the twist ties. Mm. And, and and really, like when I open this thing up and this giant figure that nearly fills the box is um, twist tied in, I'm like, well, where is he going? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't think he was at risk of moving around. But anyway, there you go. That's just my little um, twist tie rant but the packaging is the only bad thing that i have got to say about this figure because i think it is outstanding um the now i haven't counted the points of articulation i bet you know them off the top of your head oh i think it was 25 but that was so well we have we have i have my rhino in my hands um and that's not a euphemism (laughs) folks um we have the neck which is a ball jointed neck um, which means that um, it, because of the way that his shoulders are constructed, you get a lot of motion, which really helps for posing. Um, and then we have the um, shoulders. We have we don't we don't have bicep articulation, um, but we do have uh, elbow articulation with 160 degree. Uh, hello, I'm an English teacher. Um, 360-degree <laughs> rotating arms, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, plus uh, good old bending. We have wrists. We have – it's not really – It's well, I guess it, it's not a chest crunch. It's um, an ab. Yeah, it's one of those sort of hidden – sort of uh, chest crunches. Yeah, it's quite clever. And again, you could actually turn it 360 if you wanted to, but it means that you've got a huge range of motion for um, poses, which is just outstanding. And then um, we've got ball-jointed hips. We have the rotating knees and uh, ankles plus ankle rockers. So the feet can move up and down, but then also side to side, which is clever. I think that's hugely important for for getting some of the poses happening with these kind of figures because without it, he'd be quite wonky and unsteady. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it just, you know, it really, you know, I'm not, articulation is not my huge thing, but for this figure, I think it really makes a difference, and particularly if you want him interacting with other um, characters, then 
you need to be able to, to pose them, etc. And I think that people that, you know, particularly those people that are great at posing and photographing figures are going to have um, a heyday with this because it's so well done. The only thing that I would really um, comment on in terms of sculpting construction is that he has two closed fists. And when I think about posing, photographing this figure, one of the things, I think it would be great if he had an open hand that could hold things. I can just see, um, you know, him being posed holding Spidey's leg or, you know, Mm. throwing him up in the air or something, um, or throwing a car or whatever um, in the air. And of course, he's not going to be able to do that. Uh, because he's got two closed fists. So I would have liked to see an open one for nice grasping poses. Um, but otherwise, I, I don't know what you think in terms of sculpt, but that's the only thing I would chip. Uh, yeah, I mean, just one hand open, one hand closed, just for a little bit of variety. It doesn't have to be, you know, wide open, crazy like that no. Marvel Legends series one Hulk, but just, just <laughs> to sort of differentiate them. But, I mean, it's probably easy for the manufacturer to just do a, a mirror of, you of know, course. one fist to create the other one. But um, if anything, the only little gripe that I have is that uh, I'm a bit disappointed that his neck articulation doesn't allow you to bend his head down so that his chin is kind of on his chest because what I'd love to do is is position the rhino to look as if he's charging yeah but as soon as you bend him uh, at the at the sort of the ab crunch the, or the chest crunch and the the hips um, he's effectively kind of yeah, staring off on a weird angle so it, it would be nice to get that whole rhino charging pose happening yeah um, Th- that's something that's definitely um, missing from you know the range of poses that you can do. That that's one of the things I really love about the giant um, sideshow rhino comicette is that 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 whole charging pose is there. And when you, I've seen some photos of that comicette with the Spider-Man sideshow comicette, and it's really to scale and it works. Um, so th- that is something that's missing from this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I mean, the other thing too is is Marvel Select. Um, seem to be focusing on the classic versions of the character too. So for those people who don't know, there is currently a new Rhino getting around in the Marvel Universe, but um, this is definitely the the classic um, Alexei Sistovich Rhino, so the one we know and love. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of the things that I'm really enjoying about the Marvel Select output of late is that it has, uh, you know, we're really getting some kind of universe building that was missing in the early parts of this line. So we've got a really good um, collection of X-Men now and growing. And then on the Spider-Man side as well, there's really quite a collection. We've got, of course, the, um, the, uh, a really quite a good Spider-Man figure. I think it's the Marvel select Spider-Man's a great figure. Um, there's black cat. We've got lizard now, um, because the, the classic lizard comic version has come out as a Disney store exclusive, but I've got that as well. And that's a great yep. figure. Now we have Rhino. Um, you know, so there's a, you know, definitely some, Oh, and a Green Goblin, sorry, as well. The the Marvel Select Green Goblin is just a wonderful figure. So for people that like displaying these um, in some sort of, you know, logical grouping, you've got quite a nice little Spider-Man family happening there, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Paint-wise, 
you know, you could say there's not a lot to comment on because he's grey, but there, there actually is a lot of really nice detail. Obviously, the sculpt um, helps with the the sense of scales on his skin, but then the, the paint as well. I think perhaps there's been a white wash put over it, um, or you know, a, a creamy sort of wash which really accentuates the scales. Um, yep. And then the horns and the toenails on his feet um, have had some, you know, wash put over them as well. So they have that kind of aged, dirty sort of look as well as ridges. So a lot of detail actually in you know something that at first glance might be, you might think would be an easy paint job. Um, the, the the face is really nicely painted as well. Um, my no, no gritty eyes here. My eyes are um, <laughs> you know, painted on straight. Yes, both the rhino eyes and the uh, Alexei eyes. Yeah, that would have been funny if they were googly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's not, you know all good. So um, if I so Dolly rating for this, I'm gonna I'm gonna go nine. Um, I'm not as fussed about the charging pose as you are, but I, I understand that. But I, I'm just taking a point off for the, the, the two, um, the two fists. I think that I, I would have loved an open hand. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about the, the fact that we haven't had a Marvel Legends Rhino, we did get one in the uh, Spider-Man Classics line. Um, this really is a fantastic addition to your Marvel Legends. I've said before that uh, I'm not a strict Marvel Select collector. I just sort of pick those characters that do fit in with my Marvel Legends mm. and um, taking the opportunity to, to upgrade the Rhino was pretty much a given, especially when you see this this figure in, in hand. I mean, he, he's just gigantic. He's um, <laughs> He's... 21 and a half centimetres to the top of his head, which um, works out to be about eight and a half inches. So you'd actually have to be sort of a bit hesitant to pose him with your Hulk because we just don't have a Hulk that, that sort of measures up. But he certainly looks good up the back, towering over everybody. Um, so, yeah a, little bit, yeah, a little bit disappointed that we can't get him into a charging pose. But um, a couple of little things like the, the toenails, as you said, were well painted, but then he also has thumbnails sculpted, yet they haven't actually bothered to... Uh paint those the same as the toenails um but to be honest the, the thing that really really stands out to me with this figure is despite being this enormous hunk of plastic the joints the articulation are are actually really well hidden they yes. they blend in together so well that for such a big figure you don't have these ugly ugly joints um you know in the in the uh, the elbows and particularly in the shoulder joints. Um, aesthetically, he's just superb. So I, I think I'm going to concur and uh, I'd go nine dollies as well. There you go. It's a nine dolly, nine dolly day on the AFB podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great to see that this, um, you know, output is continuing. And one thing that I appreciate about the Marvel stuff is that, um, you know, while DC seems very reticent to produce anything classic, you know, anything that doesn't reflect their current designs, Marvel, I don't think, is as hung up about that. Um, and, you know, we, if, if this was DC, I think we'd probably be getting the, you know, the modern Rhino, not a classic version. But I think, you know, they understand their market and what the market is for um, toys like this. And, you know, people that mightn't be super familiar with the modern comic stuff will still look at a toy like this and go, Oh cool. It's the Rhino. You know, it's, um, so I, I really appreciate that. 
Well, thanks for that, Scott. And that wraps up the Toy of the Week. When we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. The Incredible Hulk meets Spider-Man. Each figure a foot tall and fully posable. All you need is a piece of string and here comes Spider-Man. Avalanche! This is a job for the Hulk. The Incredible Hulk with a face that's mean. Lots of muscle and skin that's green. Handsome. The Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man from the Superhero Collection, each sold separately by Mego. Well, we are all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made. So, Justin, how about you? What you got? Okay, this week I got my orders from uh, Master of the Universe Classics. I got my King He-Man and my Fang Man figure. Going to uh, contradict myself a little, a little bit here because we made fun of those fighting foe men and how they're not in the history of blah 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 blah. But these <laughs> ones came in and uh, actually quite good-looking figures in hand. The um, King He-Man has his uh, long long beard, which indicates he must be old, and he has, <laughs> and also he comes with a scar over one of his eyes, which uh, shows that um, He-Man is uh, battle-hardened and yeah, obviously hey. not the most powerful man in the universe because he can sustain. <laughs> An actual scar. Um, <laughs> and Fangman, he's from Filmation, so cartoony features all around, but actually quite a nice-looking figure in hand. Um, now, I got a Silk Spectra figure as well from um, from the Watchmen line. Wait, uh, that hasn't been released nice yet, Justin? How I know. You, how did you I get know. that? I found Great. it. Oh, yes. Damn it. Yes, I found it. I tried that one when I was little too, and my parents didn't believe me. (laughs) (laughs) Comic accurate. Beautiful looking figure. Um, Absolutely. And uh, also, one for you, Scott. I picked up Aquaman number 37. Um, The original. Yeah, from 1968 with um, Aquaman cradling uh, um, his wife on the front cover with a walrus looking on. Um, quite a striking cover, so <laughs> cool, I picked man. that up for four dollars, which I was impressed. It had a twelve cent uh, mark on it, and it was from nineteen sixty eight. So that wow. rounds off my acquisitions this week. So, so from nineteen sixty eight, does that mean like the walrus is going curse you, Aquaman, for stealing my woman? I'll get you if it's the last thing I do. I haven't read in, but uh, I'm pretty sure it'll be something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. You know what? And it'll be a much better read than some of the stuff they're putting out today. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes our sense of nostalgia overwhelms our, you know, true estimation of quality, but then sometimes the nostalgia is better than mm. what's out there now. Indeed. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what about you, Ben? Um, yeah, I actually forgot about these guys from uh, from a few months ago, but it's very rare for us to have a, a win here in Australia at, uh, at retail with toys. But um, one of our uh, dollar stores, uh, my mother actually alerted me and said, oh, they've got a whole lot of action figures I've never seen there before. And I went down and had a look, and they actually had the Bandai um, three-and-three-quarter Thundercats figures. And they were basically uh, for sale for uh, about a third of what they were going for at Toys R Us. So I quickly snapped up every figure in the series except for Wiley Kit, 
But, um, yeah, I managed to get everybody else and quite pleased. And now I'm just currently stalking a, a couple of the um, the vehicles that are still getting around. I'm hoping that someone will eventually discount them. But, um, yeah, I've got yeah, everybody except Wiley Kit, so I was quite pleased. Well, that's good to hear. Hmm. Nice to have a win, isn't it? Yeah, they're currently hanging out with my Ninja Turtles. Oh. <laughs> good on them. Oh. <laughs> Having an 80s Saturday morning cartoon reunion. That's it. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, I, um, a little while ago, managed to get a uh, Bowen Retro Black Cat um, fr- directly from Tim Miller, assigned by him. Rahi Rahi was selling some on eBay, but not to, no, no postage outside of the U.S. Outrage. Oh, Outrage. And, um, so I, I contacted him and said, Hey, um, you know, I'm really keen. If I can get a, a U.S. address for you, could I bid? And he said, Sure, no problem. So I organized with our good friend Mike from Mike's Comics and stuff to receive it for me and was all ready to, go and then i was actually blocked from bidding because i had a ah yes. <laughs> um so i i contacted him and he said i'll oh, look I'll, I'll i'll sort something out for you so very kindly um sent one to mike um for me and it's all signed and it's beautiful so thanks to tim nice. thanks to mike for uh, forwarding it on for me. Um, <laughs> I did have the modern Bowen Black Cat, but the Spider-Man display that I'm putting together with my Bowen stuff is really classic-based, so I was keen for the more retro versions. So Modern Black Cat went on eBay and found a good home <laughs> so that there was room and money for Retro Black Cat. Very happy. Um, and then I also took delivery of the exclusive version of the Scarlet Witch premium format figure from Sideshow. However, I also, I think what happened here was that <laughs> I, I think this was a, a wait list that got converted. And while I had, was, was waitlisting this and not sure it was going to happen, I pre-ordered the regular version at Pop Culture Superstore and then forgot about it. So I was all excited and then I brought it home and I was about to open it up. And then I just had this kind of flicker of memory of, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So thankfully I did that before I I opened her. So what I've decided to do is um, I'll keep the regular version when she comes from, from uh, pop culture, because the exclusive is just the hex globby thing on her hand, which I can live without. And uh, I got a very good price um, for, for the exclusive and have already passed it on to someone here in Melbourne. So um, Very good. So, yeah, I kind of got it. I did get to look at it because when I sold it, the guy opened it up just to check and make sure it was all okay. And, gosh, it was beautiful. So I do look forward to actually owning one <laughs> at some point in the future when Pop Culture Superstore gets theirs. Excellent. Yes, but in terms of ac- actual acquisitions that I get to keep, <laughs> Black Cat was it for this week. Nice. Very good. Well, if no one has any other items to report, it's time to award another one of those nasty red cards to someone or something in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Well, 
red carpet is that place where sometimes we just shake our heads in wonder. Sometimes we shake our fists in rage at something that's happening up there. And tonight I, I have a feeling it's going to be more of a fist shaking red carded. So over to you, Ben, to begin shaking. Yes. Thank, thank you very much. Um, I just don't think I can build up enough energy to shake my fist in rage. So I'll just gently shake my head in disbelief. <laughs> um, this week, our red card goes to, well, I guess it has to be a bit of a combination of Toys R Us and Maddie Collector. Um, I think we might just give this one to Toys R Us uh, with with more detail to come. But um, one of the things that people have been really excited about uh, with the the announcement of the 1966 Batman license is the idea of a six-inch scale Batmobile. Um, This is one of the single most common requests when the wish list goes out um, is for a six-inch scale Batmobile. Obviously, a modern one is is preferable to some people, but just the idea of actually having um, a six-inch scale car uh, is pretty exciting. And, and the Batmobile is pretty iconic, so, you know, who, who wouldn't want to add that um, as a bit of a centrepiece for their collection? Mm. So um, Mattel announced that with the 66 Batman licence and we've seen the prototype figures for, for Batman and Robin and whatnot, um, we are actually getting a Batmobile. So, yeah, very exciting stuff. Woo-hoo. But, wait, there's uh, more. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, it's going to be a Toys R Us exclusive. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is pretty shitty for a number of reasons. Uh, um, first and foremost, for us foreign collectors, um, our Toys R Us don't get the exclusives. Uh, in fact, I think the only exclusive I've ever seen is a Target exclusive, which I saw at Toys R Us. Um, so, you know, it's highly unlikely that we will actually see the Batmobile on shelves here in Australia at, uh, at Toys R Us. So that means we'll have to rely um, on getting it from overseas. Now, given that we can't get it through places like Pop Culture or Mike's Comics and stuff, um, you know, we will have to then rely on trying to get it from eBay. Um, now, you can almost guarantee that 99% of the Batmobiles that will turn up on eBay will be scalpers. They will be people who know people who work at Toys R Us who will be buying entire cases of Batmobiles and flipping them on eBay for, for profits. Um, what's worse is the number of idiots out there that will actually pay the inflated prices, which will then drive supply and demand, um, and thusly making it impossible for, for the average collector to pick these up. Um, and then even if we did rely on the, I guess, the, the network of collectors, um, we've got a, a pretty good network of people through places like um, a, the Action Figure Blues Forum and also places like Critical Mess, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just the general shipping, Will, will make it um, quite, you know, it just, it just won't be a viable option for, for someone to just pop down, pick one up and put it in the mail. So very, very disappointing to, to see Toys R Us making that, that move. But um, Well, it's not just Toys R Us making that move. Mattel has to agree to it. Oh, that's exactly right. But, I mean, you know, we've heard in the past about... Um, you know, companies will refuse to, like Walmart would yeah, refuse yeah, to yeah. carry DC Universe classics unless they had their own exclusive waves. Now, yes. um, probably one of the other issues is the number of times you just hear collectors on the forums saying, well, I just haven't seen those figures. 
Mm-hmm. Um, people are, are often saying that they're, they're going to, um, you know, these stores, they're going to their Walmarts and their Toys R Uses and their Targets and they're just not seeing new waves of figures. So you, you have to wonder with just one chain carrying this item whether the distribution will carry to, to all outlets. Hmm. So I, I can see this actually being a disaster for Mattel. I'm just so disappointed that um, with something as long-awaited as this, you know, that they – I mean, to me, the whole point of the Maddie Collector website is to be able to get things out there to the direct market. Um, And to me, the six-inch Batmobile is the perfect thing for Maddie Collector. Yeah. You know, it's the thing that would you know, would make so much sense, and then to take it and make it something that's limited to one retailer. Um, that and it won't be a Toys R Us exclusive here in Australia. Um, yeah. You know, it's not going to it's not going to come here. So you know, it's a it's just a it's a bad move. I think a bad move. Indeed, indeed. We can only hope that they make a shitload of these. That they're <laughs> going to be widely available. You know, there's enough. Well, that's trial. right. Yeah, that, that's our only hope, basically. But once you said, Ben, as well, shipping is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. So, um, look, Toys R Us, you get our red card of the week. Boo hiss. <laughs> Centurion! Power Extreme! Man! Evil Doc Terror and Hacker battle Centurions Max Ray and Ace McCloud. The Centurions call for more powerful weapons. Energize. Max gets Tidal Blast. Ace gets Orbital Interceptor. They strike back with added firepower. Max by sea. Ace by air. Centurions! Power Extreme! Man Machine! Figures as shown, other toys sold separately, new from Kenner. Well, tonight it's all about the ladies, and this is actually a fan or listener suggested uh, discussion topic from our friend Jeremy, also known as Hyperion, who has been a guest on the show, who gave us the idea on Facebook a few weeks ago about discussing female action figures, who does the best, who doesn't do it so well, what our favorites are, etc. And so who are we to disagree? Um, we've decided to have a go at this great topic and it is really an interesting one when you think about it because certainly in the history of action figure lines, the female characters were far and few between. And it, to this day, it's not uncommon for um, lines at retail in particular to leave out female characters altogether. Um, but when they're done, they can be some of the best or some of the worst action figures around. And so it's worth having a chat in particular about this really interesting topic. And gentlemen, I'm going to start by asking you, what's the first female action figure that you remember owning? I have a feeling I know what it's going to be, um, but tell me anyway. Well, for me, it was definitely the Princess Leia from uh-huh. the original 12-back Star Wars, the, uh-huh. the white outfit with the vinyl cape and the the cinnamon bun hairdo. <laughs> And Justin? Me too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I was originally when I was thinking about this, thought we're all going to be the same, but then I realized, of course, that was not mine. My first action figure would have been the Mego Star Trek Uhura action figure. 
Oh, nice. Well, yeah, I mean, I still have no idea why my parents bought that stuff for me. I had the whole set. I've talked about it before, and I had the bridge as well when I was too young to probably even know what Star Trek was, but there you go. Um, <laughs> but she died a pretty painful death, I think. I'm pretty sure there were some scissors involved at some point. Because <laughs> um, I was too, yeah. yeah. I'm having a flashback as well. Let's see um, the original Star Trek movie with the bald-headed um, oh, female. Oh, Aaliyah. Yeah, I, I had her. <laughs> so <laughs> that doesn't predate, does it? No. No, this is about the, the same original. vintage, yeah. actually, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 78. 78, yeah. Um, yeah, so, but, you know, I think probably most people of our vintage would be talking about the, the same handful of characters there, and uh, certainly there weren't many to choose from in our time. No. In fact, I can actually remember having all the other figures on the back of the card and only reluctantly getting Leia because my my OCD um, sort of had me wanting to be able to tick them all <laughs> off, and so I, I, I very reluctantly remember um, getting her to, to add to the collection. Yeah. I think I justified it by... Her shooting stormtroopers. So <laughs> if she was tough enough to do that, she could uh, come along. That's right, on, sister. That's right. She had a gun. She had a gun. She did. <laughs> I, I certainly remember playing Star Wars with a couple of the neighborhood kids, and my younger sister tagging along, but we wouldn't let her be Princess Leia. She had to be R two D two because we didn't want to have the girl, you know, <laughs> the, the, the girl character. Um, uh, yes. So she still gives me crap about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one's to say that R2 was actually a boy robot. True. True. True, but in our book he certainly was. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when we come to thinking about some of the best examples of female action figures, before we talk specific uh, pieces, let's talk companies. When you think about good female action figures, which are the companies that come to mind and why? I can certainly remember when McFarlane um, were, were starting to really hit it big in the, the sort of that mid late nineties, and you know as we know they they sort of revolutionised action figure sculpting with some some stunning uh, releases, and so to me that was the first time I ever really started to pay attention to well sculpted female figures. The, there were sort of particular variations of Angela, etc. Um, but then the other one I think took off at the time was um, more action collectibles started doing figures of um, Lady Death and, and lots of those kind of characters. And so that's when I really started to notice that the female figures actually looked like female figures. They they had sort of sexy curves and, and reasonably well-sculpted faces. Yeah, basically the same for me as well, that um, the more action collectibles, the um, Witchblade, I still have the Witchblade on cart here somewhere. And along the same lines, not only that, but um, the curves in all the right places and, and the uh, <laughs> the facial um, sculpts as well uh, were sort of like the first time I noticed how well the female form could be translated to this medium. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was it was even more evident when you contrasted it to you know when when Star Wars picked up again in the late nineties and that that very first Princess Leia they released oh, yeah. she, she <laughs> just looks like a gorilla. Yeah, um, she's on roids that one. Yeah, she looks absolutely dreadful, and that's when you started to go, "Gosh, you know, there really is a difference." Mm. Hmm. Uh, when, when I think about really 
you know, good female action figures. I, DC Direct is definitely one that comes to mind. You know, they, they have produced some of the, the worst, I would have to say. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but also some, you know, certainly have the capacity to do some fantastic sculpts because they're not limited to the, standard bucks that some of the retail lines are. And yeah. um one thing that I found interesting about some of the DC Direct stuff is, well, certainly, you know, they've done some great versions of some of their top-tier characters. Some of the best uh, pieces I can think of that they've done are actually, you know, kind of inversely proportionate to how much you want the character. It might be the quality. Some of the Elseworld Worlds figures they've done of sort of throwaway characters where they've come up with just some great sculpts um, that, you know, certainly show that a good female action figure can be done. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So if, I guess if we think specifics, what are some of, the, of your favorites in terms of lady plastic people? Um, I certainly think it's a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, I, I won't go into sort of detail of 12 inch figures because there's, there's certainly mm-hmm. a, an entire conversation there in yeah. itself. I mean, the, the Psy Girls, et cetera, that, that have come out in the past have been pretty impressive and, um, they continue to produce fantastic sort of 12 inch bucks, um, for, for figures. But if we stick to sort of the, I guess the, the six inch type scale and, and below, um, you know, the first time I started to sort of pay attention to the, the real detail in, in the way figures were done was with Marvel Legends. Um, and I just noticed how wrong they can be. True. <laughs> they were, that's, there's only a handful they've ever done right. And if you think about the, the figures that are done right, they're just plain anyway. Like Kitty Pride is one that stands out. It's just like a normal generic looking face where she's always drawn to be, you know, um, young and beautiful and she did, just didn't translate it across and that's not so yeah this is getting into the category of the neck of you know one of the next questions which is who do you <laughs> think does it badly we're supposed to be talking about our favorites the ones that we really like at this point okay so, if we would continue on the six six inch line the yeah. um jessica alba was done right from the fantastic four classics mm. if you see that it's basically well, baby, from the toy zero that was one of the only ones that was done right yeah. um if we go to DC Universe, we've just uh, got some examples. As Wonder Woman was done pretty, pretty much spot on. Um, Black Canary, you can't yeah. pick that. Yeah. For, for Marvel Legends, I'm certainly a fan of um, Shana, the She Devil. Um, she suffers from a, a rather large forehead, but um, the, the figure is executed, you know, very well. She's got the sort of that sexy look, and the hair's um, quite well done. Sometimes I think the hair is is what makes the difference. Hmm. Um, and hers was well sculpted, so I'm a fan of that one. I actually also like the um, the red variant uh, wasp figure. I think that was a significant improvement over the the regular uh, wasp figure. Um, and I think DC Universe Classics, they some of them just come so close. But one of the ones I, I'm quite partial to is Zatanna. Yep. Um, I, I think they just the the face and hair are particularly well done, but in, in comparison to some of the the bad ones hmm. um i think she really stands out for me hmm. in terms of a, a six inch female buck for retail the the dc universe classic certainly showed that you know it, that 
female action figures don't have to be ugly. Mm. Um, the uh, well, I think you know, there were some issues with that, particularly just the arms and the the upper arms just being way too thin, um, and and the buck itself being so thin that it made some of the the heads too thin, you know, like too yeah. too flat. Yeah. Um, but certainly the that so, some of the head sculpts themselves are really lovely because yeah. you know, it's one of the things that I, um, when, when I first kind of started to get to know six inch action figures of superheroes, I just looked at the Marvel legends you know, um, and we're talking about the toy biz ones and just thought like, why do they all have to be so ugly? Like the, the, you know, the fe- female superheroes are beautiful. Why are these all so horrible? Um, and yeah. certainly DC Universe um, did deliver on that. Um, we're talking about a retail line. Yeah. Yes. I'm also particularly partial to the re-release of the Black Widow that came in the two-pack. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that buck was launched um, very well with that figure, and I, I've um, managed to score a couple of those to use in, in customs because generally speaking i stay away from female custom figures cuz i just find the the fodder to work with is um is pretty ordinary i'm not a big fan of the dc uh the dcuc bucks um particularly to sort of fit in with marvel legends mm. so i stay away from them but um some of the bucks that i have picked up which i, I think are, are quite well done are the um the buffy line from um, more action collectibles that were distributed through um diamond mm. uh, through diamond select the good thing about that that series is the the number of figures for each character was so prolific and each one was just slightly different that for every figure that didn't quite look like uh, for every five figures that didn't quite look like Buffy um, <laughs> the, well apparently she has a notoriously difficult so we talked um, about that last face we? yeah. yeah she yeah. she is known for, for being particularly hard to capture huh. um, every now and then they would nail one and so you know the same could be said for characters like Cordelia um, you know you get one and you go hmm that doesn't look like charisma carpenter at all oh neither does that oh oh they got it right there and so I think if you're a fan of the show and you just wanted that that one definitive look um, you could certainly you know put together the cast quite easily hmm one of the things I think that there's always a tension between with the, the female sculpts is, uh, articulation versus beauty. Um, obviously some of the, a lot of the DC direct stuff is not as articulated, um, as people might like. Um, but then it makes it a bit easier to, I guess, sculpt a really nice female form. Um, when you think about some of the more stuff like Vampirella or, um, Witchblade, yeah, those really almost just little statues. Um, yeah, beautifully yeah. sculpted, but not a lot of uh, movable parts. So I guess it's a there's a bit of give and take there. Yeah, and I think someone who deserves a mention uh, are our friends at, at NECA. Um, unfortunately, you know, ninety nine percent of NECA's uh, product is licensed, so often they're trying to capture the specific look of a of a character or a, or. A, you know, an actress um, in their figures, but um, occasionally they they have the odd real standout figure. Um, you know, like with Gears of War, they released a, a female figure with Anya, and and she actually looks um, very good. So um, it's a bit of a shame that you know the female figures they are releasing happen to be you know characters out of horror films and and things like that because they've certainly shown that they've got the sculptors and the technology to produce good looking females. Hmm. So if you had to narrow it down to 
a standout in terms of the female action figure. J- Justin, what would it be for you? Oh, um, Black Canary for me. I think uh, in that six-inch scale. Okay. From uh, DC Universe, it's uh, quite quite a striking figure at that size. Hmm. hmm. What about you, Ben? Um, I know this is a slight sort of um, sort of segue, but I, I think I'm really looking forward to the new Rogue figure from the Wolverine Legends line. Um, they're using that Black Widow buck with the um you know the zippered cleavage and if the figure is anything like the prototype then i'm absolutely over the moon because she's um my favorite gal and uh, i'm really looking forward to having a decent figure of her Hmm. i would have to go to the dc direct new gods big barter that Hmm. is that is a stunning figure i know that our friend eli brought that up in the discussion in preparation for this episode um and i in terms of not just its Kirby-esque-ness, but in terms of design, sculpt, it really is a, a beautiful, beautiful toy. So if I had to choose one, I probably would choose that. Mm, cool. Okay, enough of this positiveness. Now <laughs> now let's get down to it. You know, the truly the uglies, the bads, where, where, where are f- our female action figures at their worst? <laughs> uh, we go uh, start a toy biz. <laughs> uh, Lady Deathstrike oh. is one. Um, also, Black Cat from the Spider-Man classics. I think oh, it was a box set. She, um, she really got terrible. smacked in the face with the ugly stick. Man. She did Scarlet Witch. Mm. I think the one of the biggest disappointments was um, X twenty three because she had that gigantic head. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And dare we say Emma Frost? Oh, uh, I think that 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 just goes without saying. I, I I think the Marvel Legends White Queen figure is far and away the ugliest female figure ever produced. I mean, oh. she fails on every conceivable level. It's not just that tiny little face and the and the hair. It's the way the hips are executed. I've said this time and again in forums and on the podcast, she looks like she's wearing a giant nappy or a diaper. Like it just, it's meant to be this super hot chick in a bikini or, or or skin tight leather pants or or whatever. And she just looks like this. She's just got this giant, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm incontinent. It's, um, it's just a complete (laughs) fail on every level. Yes. A a giant disappointment. Even recently, those Madame Hydra figures as well. They were Madam Mask from execution to finished product. Ooh, something happened. <laughs> yeah. the, the new um, Marvel Legends, certainly in terms of the female um, body, they have made some really big improvements, but the head sculpts still are struggling. Yeah, I mean, the female shield agent, you know, really showed potential. And I think if you if you put the shield agent together with the the Maria Hill head, uh, it actually works quite well. Um, I've managed to pick up a number of the female shield agents, and you know I've used the um, the, the Sharon Carter head and and painted the hair a different color, and you know so you can get some good variety there. But I think the only one who really has a a decent face out of the the whole lot of them is the Black Widow. Yeah, the yeah. Hope Summers. Head sculpt actually is quite yeah good. yeah she wasn't too bad yeah but that's it's still far and few between yeah, that's far exactly and few right between. and I think 
if you, I think coming in second for the um, the, the most ugly action figure ever has got to be that um, DC Direct 13-inch Wonder Woman. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we missed one. What about Rogue from that box set? Oh, oh you know, <laughs> do you know whenever I look at that figure, every single time I look at that figure, the episode of The Simpsons comes to mind where Homer invents the shotgun that applies makeup. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like someone's grabbing her nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm, so I'm going to do this a lot, no doubt, because um, you know different things keep popping up. But if I if I had to pick a figure in my collection right now that um, that is my favourite, uh, it would have to be the the DC Direct Hush um, Huntress. Mm, that is a beautiful yeah. figure. That was one that we should have talked about in the in the good side. Mm. Going back to that DC Direct 13 inch Wonder Woman. That, you know, my, my wife, as I've talked about before, is, does not really understand, uh, these characters or what I collect. And usually, you know, to her, it's all weird. And, um, th- that, that toy is the first time that she ever made a, a comment about the quality of something that I had. Mm. You know, just saying that, I don't think that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think, you know, like mostly, you know, I, I couldn't really, engage her in conversation about a lot of this stuff because, you know, particularly in the early days, she used to look at it and go, it all looks confusing and horrible to me. Um, yeah. But that was the first time where, you know, she ever said, you know what, I I, I don't think that that's very good. Yeah, and it, it's it's quite sad because you, you know, you, you're talking about somebody's blood, sweat and tears. Uh, somebody had to design the figure, somebody had to sculpt the figure, someone had to work out how the piece would be manufactured and assembled. And then you look at that final product and you just go, ah. it's just, well, I mean, to give you a classic example, if you look at DC direct um, wonder woman and you look at the Terry Dodson figure that came out, like that was, that was a fantastic series. Those four figures, Yes, because not only did they nail wonder woman, which I think is still the best wonder woman figure they've ever made. Oh yes. um, But even when you had Diana Prince in her white, sort of government outfit i mean that's a stunning figure as well um it was it was very well executed but then on the flip side you've got like the ed mcginnis um wonder woman who is just terrifying (laughs) (laughs) some of that i think you know one of the things with dc direct because of the some of the artist specific stuff that they tried to do which obviously has an audience and a market some of the things like michael turner Art, for example, beautiful on the page, but just, you know, doesn't lend itself to 3D work particularly well. Mm. So, you know, think about some of the Supergirl and, um, oh, you know, the Apocalypse Supergirl from that Batman Superman line. They're just so horrible action figures. Um, but it's partly because the, you know, what they're basing it on. Great piece of art, but not really lending itself well to 3D. And I think the Ed McGuinness stuff is partly the yeah. same. Um, but yeah, you're definitely you're definitely spot on there. Um, yeah, I, I find it hard to go. I go past the Scarlet Witch or Scarlet Mitch, as I know a lot of people call it. Like, you know, <laughs> um, that you know, she, from from Marvel Legends, I think she, you know, she's just a truly, truly horrible piece of plastic. It's such an important character. It's, uh, mm. Yeah, mm. And, and given when at, at that stage they 
they would have this running change of horrid figures and then figures that weren't too bad, like the <laughs> the first Marvel of Legends um, Electra figure mm. wasn't actually too bad. Yeah. Um, that's not bad. And then we get the Scarlet Witch and you just, you know, it all went pear-shaped. But it, it must be very disheartening as a toy designer because a lot of these things are obviously – um, things that go wrong in production rather than design. So, you know, think about some of the Marvel Legends um, stuff, particularly the more recent stuff where the the prototype face sculpts usually look quite good. Mm. And then when you get it in person, it's like, oh, you know, Madame Hydra looked great in a picture and now we've got the transvestite version <laughs> you know, yeah. here. You know, and that, that must be disheartening as a, a designer. Um, yeah, sure. That, yeah. that you know what you envisioned, and the quality work that you did, not getting out there, and then people, um, not having a positive view about the product when the design and the thoughts behind it were were good. I'm sure that's challenging. Yeah, and I think the the biggest issue is generally when we look at male action figures. Um, they are generally huge and muscled, and so you've you've got so many sort of curves and bumps anyway that adding articulation doesn't overly detract from that. Mm. Yet the reason we like the female action figures is we get these smooth, curved, um, you know, girls who <laughs> suddenly have these big, chunky articulation pieces put in, and it can really ruin the aesthetics. And, and I think for that reason, you know, DC Direct... Um, you know, they've been criticised a lot over the years for their lack of articulation, but when you look at some of the figures that, that came out from those guys, like I think um, the the Superwoman figure, the one where she's wearing the, the white hood with the white cape, um, there's there's quite – there's not a lot of articulation and so they've really kept the aesthetics and she's got the great, you know, killer curves. Mm. It's worked quite well. Mm. Yeah, I think, again, it's that trade-off, isn't it, of – you know, if you're prepared to trade a little bit of articulation um, for a bit more shape. But it, it probably also is size as well. One thing we haven't talked about is the Masters of the Universe uh, classics figures. Mm-hmm. And you know, those if you put those um, females up against any other six-inch session figures, well, they're quite chunky. Yep. But, uh, you know, I think that the basic um, buck that they've come up with for the, the Masters of the Universe classics females is actually quite a lovely buck. Yeah, I think they can get away with it a little bit because they're meant to be barbarians and meant to be like warriors. But you're right that uh, the generic buck they've made for those uh, female figures are basically spot on. Mm. All the curves in all the right places. Yeah, and some lovely head sculpts like the um, Adora head sculpt is a, a lovely, you know, beautiful female mm-hmm. sculpt that you know probably reflects a way that we'd like a lot of our figures to turn out in in the face area. Mm. Yes. Well, I hope that the ladies feel that we've done them justice. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for your suggestion of topic. And obviously it's something that um, we could talk about forever. Um, <laughs> but I think that we've given it a good a good bash. Any last thoughts, gentlemen? Um, Lift your game. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think it's uh, it's testament to the figures that, that do come out uh, well because they're usually very difficult to get. So the, like the DC Direct Superwoman figure with the short blonde hair is a great base for customs mm. and, you know, therefore she's extremely hard to get. Mm. Mm. Yes, indeed. 
Fantastic. Well, we do enjoy having suggestions, and as you can see, we do take them on. So um, we look forward to hearing more from you out there about the things that you would love to hear us talk about. And we will wrap that up now and come back in a moment to close off the episode with some feedback. To stop the evil doomsday, you need a hero who's more than a man. Superman. He's been called the greatest, the strongest, the first among heroes. High-voltage villain Conduit is powered by Kryptonite, but with Krypton Cannon blasting, Laser Superman powers him down. Conduit will learn, don't mess with the S. Superman. It's the dreaded Doomsday, the most fearsome force in the universe. Even Doomsday will learn, you don't mess with the S. Super. Well, before we say goodnight, we have a bit of feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you would like to hear your suggestions, comments, or questions on future episodes, please email us at podcasts at actionfigureblues.com. Talk to us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, pigeons might do it sometimes. It's up to you. And uh, if we get it, you might hear it read out. And Justin, you have our piece of feedback tonight, so over to you. This is from Facebook. Okay, from Facebook. And Patrick has uh, posted a comment, and it reads, Ben, I hate the nameplates too. I asked Tim Miller, after seeing his work-in-progress picks without the nameplates, if they might be optional slash removable, and he assumes they'll be permanent. I've only pre-ordered Wonder Woman so far. Oh, that's the Bombshell series. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why companies feel like they need to label these characters for us. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether it helps when people walk into their local comic shop and they can go, oh, it's Catwoman. But, you know, once they own it, it's, I don't know. Maybe they should leave it up to the local comic shop to put little cardboard nameplates that says, this statue is Catwoman. No, they should put exclamation points after the names. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> hot, <laughs> hot, rare. Yeah. That always works on eBay, apparently. Hard to find. Hard to find. <laughs> Sold yeah. out. Yeah, it would be nice. I think that you know that's a good point that Patrick makes. Like, it would be nice if you had an option about whether or not to display those, and you know it wouldn't be hard to have them be ones that snap on or snap off. Yeah, yeah. Think about it, DC collectibles. There's still time. Yeah, think about <laughs> beauty. Well, guys, congratulations. We've turned sixty-two. Hurrah! I, I don't feel an episode over sixty. <laughs> Except My on bones. cold mornings. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks for your company, everybody. And uh, we really are enjoying the feedback that we're getting from you. And it's always great to um, just, you know, ha- hear that you've enjoyed the episode and to hear your encouragement. So please do keep it up. And we'll be back. We promise. <laughs> night, everybody. Bye. Good night. Bye. Call your mom. Make sure she's okay. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.
We'll pop on your best G-string and hope the crowd's in a tipping mood because it's Ladies' Night at the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 62, for the week of Wednesday, the 1st of March, 2013. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Jude, hello. <laughs> Justin. I didn't hear anything. What? Did Ben say Ben? You're first! <laughs> I've got a written co-host just... Ben and Justin. But th- look at the order there where it says other hosts. What are we talking about? Can we get a professional? Far out. Oh, see, I was reading the black, not yeah. the blue. Um, I realize it's been a while, but... Hey, listen. Look at look at the first line. Yeah, up there it look says Ben and Justin. Look at it. But then down, if you, if down it, there it says order... I don't pay attention to blue. <laughs> Look at it. Well, my, I was my, practicing my ends. My um, spontaneous custom intro was perfect, so I'm not doing it again. So you can just say Justin and Ben. Freaky. Anyway. You are so famous. I am so famous. It's <sighs> <laughs> okay. That was poorly one. timed, I have to admit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was greatly timed. <laughs> so- Was brought to you by the Big Top Network.